on the mission and get high up I know that I'ma die Reaching for a life that I don't really need all right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosakis. Get a dose. All right. And we have been broadcasting and are broadcasting from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. All right. Um, I have a tweet here that I want to read here here shortly after a while, so because I need to because it's a good it's a teaching moment and it's time it's a, it's a good point for me to kind of set up and educate. I keep forgetting, you know, I'm in new markets and stuff. You keep thinking, oh, well, at home, just pick, no, but hey, I want to read it a little bit, just address it, you know. When you get seventy put on, you got to use it. You got to find the teaching moments and how to move on from that. But anyway, um, back to the situation at hand. Um, that's you know we're gonna get into more breaking down you know the 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 NFL the Cowboys matchup whatever but I just feel like to me um, this is it Cowboys in my opinion are in a tough spot real quickly um, you know that old line and everything was all good just a week ago uh, you know that old famous Jay Z line um, because if you lose this game automatically it's sandwiched in where you're about to go to Levi Stadium. And I'll regurgitate this take again probably tomorrow just to give you fair warning. But it's one of those situations where the the coaching staff and the leadership on this, I don't really trust them to be able to stop the bleeding kind of when it gets that. Cause I think really where it's at is they're really going to be, you know, the success of Dallas, I believe the way this thing is structured and the way the whole Kellen Moore and what I've seen through this and the deep and a lot of the talking, it just comes down to that. I feel like they're going to have to be just more talented than their opponents to win games. If it comes down to coaching of any of these matches, and I don't really want to throw it. I'm not trying to throw Mike McCarthy in the bus. I'm just talking about the whole staff in general. Uh, that's the problems. And, and I think, you know, the quick fix and the easy thing for Cowboy fan to do is to blame everything on Dak, especially if we just focus on this red zone situation instead of just looking in general um, about that. It's a mixture of a little bit of everything. But we'll get into it. It's going to be an, it's an interesting game. I mean, there's six. They opened up as a seven-point favorite. That's dropped down to six and a half. We'll take some other peaks at some other lines here uh, shortly. Um, keeping it moving, um, there are a couple other things uh, before we get to the whole um, Tyreek thing. And I know Sean Payton met with the media uh, yesterday uh, and kind of talked about this process of what they've had to go through the last couple of days. I want to get to that here as well shortly. Um, but also transitioning a little bit to college uh, football. Um, Travis Hunter. Okay. Everybody knows that's the two way player for Colorado who they've been out now for the last week um, and probably for the next few weeks. Um, due to a hit that he took in the Colorado State uh, football game. I think it was like his kidney or his liver. Which one is the lacerated? It's his kidney, right? I believe liver. Liver? Okay. Either one is just painful. But he's out. But Blackburn, the young man who... It was liver. It was liver? Okay. Uh, the young man, Blackburn, who 
delivered the hit that played for Colorado State who received death threats, which was horrible. And, you know, Coach Prime in there, you know, spoke on that. Well, him and Travis, uh, who's on the men that's trying to heal to get back, uh, they met up and they pretty much took a picture together and tweeted out and tried to go ahead and show everybody that, you know, Travis has moved on. Uh, there was really no beef. I mean, I heard Travis had said this, you know, even before he kind of got – you know, released or whatever from the hospital. They say, hey, it's football. It was, a, you know, it was a hit. I have no ill will. But again, we live in this world where people can threaten you. They can tweet at you whatever they want to, which would be a nice segment on the next one when I basically get to my teaching moment. Um, and that's where we're at. And the reason why I'm bringing up this story, not to go spend a bunch of time on it, is because uh, we do need more of that. I think I like it because it's coming from two young men uh, both from two different ethnic backgrounds. And it also shows you that, you know, as society, I feel not just in the sports world, but just in life, you know, we can't allow the outside. Like if you're in the arena, you can't allow the outsiders to create this type of animosity or hate because they feel they're trying to live vicariously through you because whether they're a Colorado fan, they're a Dion fan, they're a Travis Hunter fan, and they just want to sit there and say, nah, man, that was, I mean, I still stand by that I thought it was a dirty hit, but do I feel like this young man should have got death threats and all that? No. So I just feel like it's an important teaching moment to know that you can't let outsiders you know, especially on social media and in the, the uh, time we live in, you can't let them influence to sit there and think, oh, well, you know what? They might want me to do that. I'm going to beef and hate you because you did this to them. When you have the two individuals that were involved in this situation have been calling it truce. And I think just to make sure everybody believed them, they had to take pictures. So I thought it was an uplifting moment. And I'm also bringing it up because, again, to show the other side of this. The perception of what people think Coach Prime is, and even though that that is part of his persona, there's also a side of showing that he's really being a true leader and really, you know, leading these men in the young in, in the right direction uh, to basically do that. I, I don't care how much they walk across the logo of the supposing team, how much you know they talk trash before. At the end of the day, when it comes down to real life moments and real life situations. I have enough faith and seen enough and read enough and just have followed this man's career uh, since the 90s that, you know, and, and he ain't no saint. He was no saint, you know, in his playing grades. But as he's gotten older, even before he got in coaching, it's genuine, man. And he's doing uh, not just a good job on the X's and O's and winning these games and being competitive. And they only won one team, la one game last year. He's doing it by being a good influence on young men's life that are coming from challenge situations whether there's not a father figure around broken home you know um crime in the family nobody in the family's gone to college to get a degree before ever there's there's this big melting pot so when we talk about these 70 transfer portals that he's had just let you know there are situations like that that took place with a positive situation that definitely has his handprints uh, on it as well. 877-37-GRIND. Uh, college, uh, tomorrow we'll get into the weekend preview like we always do every Friday. Uh, a couple things have come across my radar. Texas Tech has got H-Town. University of Houston coming into Lubbock. I don't understand. The last time I checked and looked at it, I don't understand why they're an eight-and-a-half point favored over Houston. Um, 
I know we had uh, Brent McMurphy, Action Network's Brent McMurphy. I know we had him on before the season, and, and Texas Tech was his team to win the Big 12. I haven't dived all the way into them yet, but I haven't been that impressed by them. I know, you know, they had that heartbreaking loss uh, to Wyoming. They've had another one, but I just didn't understand. You know, it surprised me that they're that much of a favorite over Houston, but that's one thing that came across my radar. One matchup that I feel that's flying under the radar, and I know what kind of weekend we're coming off of last weekend in college football. Um, I'm going to sit there and say it's that Duke and Notre Dame game. This is a big game. I mean, Duke is, um, you know, they beat Clemson. Um, this game is at home. They've got some skilled players. They play good defense. Um, this is a short number considering Notre Dame where they were ranked. And then I don't know where they fell in the AP, but they came off of a you know tough loss against Ohio State, which we never really got into the fact. I never brought this up when we talked about this game on Monday about really just you talk about a learning moment i mean i felt i felt bad for the brother but i mean on both of those plays they only had 10 guys on the field on a crucial play that's going to end the game defensively but you know they there they talked about it it's a learning experience for the whole coaching staff but this is a monster one man between them and duke this is a definitely a game i don't know if it's going to make the foundation card tomorrow and the last time i checked i think notre dame's five and a half that's a funky number um, I think this is going to be a close game. Duke has played very well. Uh, so that's one that's kind of flying under the radar that's not on everybody's sexy lips. Uh, but you got another one, you know, sexy matchups on other people's lips. Maybe that came out wrong. But I just feel there's – who else we got here? We've got um, – there's – well, Arkansas, I believe they host A&M. Um, I believe A&M's a favorite on that, about a six and a half uh, favorite. Um, also, there was one other matchup that was coming across my radar that I felt that wasn't getting enough attention. Oh, you know, another one that's sneaky good. It's out in the SEC, which I think right for as far as, you know, we're in week five or week four college, whatever we are, week five, because we had the week zero. As we stand right now, believe it or not, the one conference that everybody ran by the pile to kick and realignment and they're falling and jumping off the Titanic, the Pac-12 is the best conference in football right now. Right now. I ain't talking history class. We know that's the SEC. But if you look at quarterback play and you look at talent, the Pac-12 has something to say, and they are have one of the best records on these non-out-of-conference matchups early on in the season as well, too. Um, but that LSU – and Ole Miss, you know, Ole Miss is coming off of that loss in Alabama. They're going back home. LSU's coming in. You know, LSU stumbled hard out the gate, uh, took that big beat down. But, you know, they've kind of right the ship a little bit under Brian Kelly. You know, they're trying to get back into that SEC championship game. And this time, maybe go ahead and win the West and punch their ticket into one of those four playoff spots. So that's another game that's kind of on my radar. But tomorrow we'll get into it on the college side and, and break down those. Um, like I said, the Texas Tech. They're going to take University of Houston, and that's pretty much that's going to be the first time they meet up being Big 12 opponents, uh, you know, with them traveling to Lubbock. So that should be interesting. In our own backyard, uh, you know, I came across this yesterday. Um, speaking of UTSA, birds up, triangle of toughness. Um, I, I really like Jeff Trailer. You know, haven't had a chance to meet him or ever or whatever, but I really like him because um, he's really straightforward in regards to what's going on. You know, I just to, you know, kind of go there. You know, he I saw him talking yesterday about um, how they've struggled a little bit under his 
tenure in non-conference games. You know, of course, they've dropped their non-conference games this year. Um, but in the same breath, he said, well, we've been pretty good once conference starts. But he owned it and wanted to take and say, hey, you know, whatever we're doing or something we're doing, because you can just tell that, you know, it bothers him, that he does have the passion that, you know, regardless, you know, they've started off maybe a little bit slow and dropped some non-conference games over the years. But when they've got it now, I understand they're in a different conference now. They're not in Conference USA anymore. But I just like the fact that he, you know, he acknowledged it. You know, some coaches to sit there and tell, oh, well, that doesn't mean, well, no. I mean, he's ran a successful program all the way up to this point, and they've kind of got off to a little rough start. I mean, you come back from Tennessee, that's not a game that you're supposed to be, you know, you know, really winning, expect to win. Uh, but it's one of those situations that I really like how he handled that. Um, and eventually, um, at some point, you know, in the program's history, they'll get these non-conference, you know, matchups, you know, taken care of. Um because they were, they're coming, they're off this week, right, Jonas? UTSA? Or do they have somebody on schedule? I thought maybe they'd been idle, but we'll see who they have. Um, anyway, keeping it moving, you got it? Uh, yeah, they are off this week. Yeah, I thought they were off. Yeah, I thought they were idle. They picked back up uh, at Temple on yeah. the 7th? Yeah. I mean, I know I'd just like to ask you, just reassure. I know there's some people that are upset because I don't, I mean, I ask you questions, but just I, even though I know, I just, you know, just to reassure, you know. Just like they did, you know, just like Bobby Brown said. I made this money. You didn't, right, Ted? Um, NFL. Um, first of all, before we even go back to NFL baseball, because there's a there's one topic that I've been kind of lingering and parlaying it today today, and I haven't been able to get to it. Uh, but overall, we know this is the last regular season week of baseball, and we really have some tight races. Um, how tempers flared last night between Seattle and Houston. I mean, I think two and a half games separate those two. Um, this is a very important series between those two, but oh, one and a half. It's down to one and a half. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because you know Houston's been leaking oil a little bit, you know, down the stretch here for the last couple of weeks. Um, I feel like still they're a team that they just got to get in, uh, but this is a very important series for the uh, for the Astros. Um, but there was some tension last night between the pitcher and the hitter, um, and you know guys ran out like they do dugout wise and stuff. Um, also, the Rangers was able to get a solid victory uh, over the Angels. Uh, they're still trying to march forward, keep their thing going. Uh, but one story that I've been trying to get to uh, that I haven't um, is the situation with Josh Josh Hatter, uh, the closer for the Padres. Okay, used to be the closer for the Milwaukee Brewers. That's his name to fame. Started in Milwaukee as their closer. Uh, I mean, he had a few years ago that was just lights out. You know, Salami was never a big fan of him, thought he was, you know, kind of like had a rabbit's foot behind him, didn't really have that much respect for him. Um, There was a situation a few days ago. um, The Padres was involved in the game. It was the eighth inning. And we know the Padres, they're, you know, I put them in the Mets because the payroll is one of the most disappointing teams, uh, two teams in the league this year. Uh, we talked about it on Tuesday. Reports said they're looking to shave about $50 million in, in cap space, salary cap in the offseason because uh, you got a bunch of dead weight of guys that have not performing. But Josh Hatter was called on to try to get four outs. And he refused to go pitch. And then afterwards, 
I, I you know, I don't know if I can't remember if it was through Twitter or through a report he asked, but he had basically put it out there that um he thought the game he didn't you know, it was a meaningless game. Now keep in mind, Padres at that point hadn't been mathematically eliminated yet. Okay. Um but the point that I'm the reason why I'm bringing this up is again, I get it. It's NFL, it's college football season. Got to trade the NBA's starting training camps in in training camps. Spurs new facility by the way looks pretty plush. I'm like, yeah, I saw that come across the account. I'm like, yeah, maybe they're not going anywhere. Anyway, um this story is getting hardly no run. And it kind of surprises me because as professional athletes, I don't care if you are a closer, a middle reliever, if you're a basketball player, football player, the one thing that usually gets critiqued and criticized is when somebody is refusing to go do their job. When they're just telling the manager, the coach, we're not, I, I'm not, I'm not working today. I'm not going to go. I'm going to elaborate to more of that when we get back. And then we'll move back into NFL, look at some early lines tomorrow. There's a couple other things that we want to touch on. Sean Payton met with the media yesterday. We'll have my thoughts on that. You listen to the Sports Cry. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great bold and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jones Clark producers, fit of the one and twos. 87737-GRIND is your number. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro to Bell Tequila Studios. All right, 
And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillin Whiskey. Now, we already know that Pillin Whiskey is, you know, generated from a fine distillery, Oregon's highest peak, which is Mount Hood. But also want to let you know that we're coming up on the time here, especially in Denver. The Denver Stock Show is taking place this coming up January as well. You got the Star Rodeo Weekend coming in October 7th of the 8th through this year as well, too. And Pillin Whiskey is an official sponsor of that as well, too, and official sponsor of the sports grind and an official whiskey of the sports grind as well too that is pillin whiskey 87737 grind um all right so uh keeping it moving um i just think that that's um you know real quick going back to the josh Hader situation before we go back into football i i just you know that to me is where society's looked at it. Guys that have done that have gotten ridiculed. Okay, um, I remember the pushback that Randy Moss got in a Raiders uniform walking off the field with about 50 seconds left to walk and start to walk through the locker room with 50 seconds left or so on the clock. He got killed for that. And to me, this is, and, and trust for full disclosure, I've liked Josh Adler. Like I've kind of like, you know, I've never really had a problem with him. Cause I remember that year that he was just lights out in Milwaukee, but to sit there and I know he's tried to moonwalk back. I don't even care about what he's tried to dress it up and what, why he really did it. It doesn't matter, man. He told a manager, that I don't want to, I'm a healthy pitcher, not coming off of any DL, nothing like that. He just told the manager straight up, uh, not tonight, Skip. Not tonight. You see, I mean, to put it even in perspective for you, you see a relationship deteriorating in our front of the whole world to see in our, and in front of our all of our eyes. Going back to COVID 2020, we were all locked down and couldn't go anywhere. And we were all anticipating this last dance documentary. Ever since then, we have seen a relationship deteriorate just because the producers and Jordan and Jordan's co-signed and left it in there. The guy was in the documentary, but basically left it in there. And he was so ashamed the fact that with Scottie Pippen refused to check back in the game because the last second shot was not drawn up for him. It was drawn up for Tony Kukoc. Scotty got killed. Scotty to this day gets killed for that. And part of this whole, besides Jordan going, son going after his ex wife, man, that's baby mama. That's one thing. But the other part of it is the relationship kind of deteriorated because Scotty's like, yeah, there's a whole generation that's forgot about that. Why are you putting it in there? And I'm the one like, hey, Scotty, you did it. You got to own it. Yeah, you might be a different person then. You were younger there, whatever the situation is. You got, But you refuse to go in the game. So the bottom line is, my point is, Josh Hatter, this is, it's just amazing me how we pick and choose on who we come down to and how we ridicule. This is a guy that's getting paid a lot of money, didn't even really have a legit reason, and refused to go into the game because he thought it was meaningless when they wasn't mathematically eliminated yet at that point. And you're talking about just trying to record four outs. What do you got? Well, you mentioned in your in there the NFL. You mentioned mentioned in there 
NBA, and you're talking about why isn't a Major League Baseball story getting enough run? I, I think that's self-explanatory. No. I think, I, especially a team that's uh, that at the time of the story was very fringe in terms of contending for the playoffs. We talked about uh, again the, the the domestic issues in the NFL, but I can bring up about three or four from across the NBA that right. don't get any run. Why? Right. Because it's the NBA. It's not the NFL. Okay. Well, let me do one. It's, let a, me, diff- it's, it's a different let kind me, of perception. Let, let me do you one better. Let's stick with the same team, the San Diego Padres. If the skipper called up and told Manny Machado that I need you to DH, and Manny Machado refused to go in, it would be it would I don't care if it's baseball, it would be a big story. If Mookie Betts decided that he did not want to go into the game or play and just refused, it would be a big story. If one of these Dominican players that play in baseball would tell a guy a telemedic, no, nah, I don't want to play, it'd be a story. So it's a race issue. Possibly. I don't know. But if you, if you want to go there and say it's just because, well, that's the NFL count. That's it. Well, I'll just tell you, well, I, I'll stick in the same sport and think it might have been different. The point is, is that we I have said I've been doing this for 19 years, almost 20 years. There, there's there's we have killed athletes for a lot less. And I, and I feel that if it's a situation that this man that how much is Josh Hatter? I want to know how much Josh Hatter's making this pace this 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 past season. I've got his uh, baseball reference page right here. Okay, uh, so he's making uh, fourteen million this year. Fourteen million as a closer, not as a starting pitcher, as a closer. That means there's some nights they don't even need Josh. He's out with the guys. He's eating sunflower seeds and is spitting and scratching uh, scratching on his apple sack. Make it fourteen million, but he told this skipper that nah, not tonight. All I'm saying, there, there's, I think, I think the only person in the media I've heard even bring this up was Mad Dog. He's the only person that I that, that I heard bring this up that even basically took him to task for it. It's just oh, and I get it. Yes, some of this has to do. We're entering the busiest part of the year. You've got you know you've got football, you got college. Like I said, so I will give some of that to like yeah, you know what? Hey man, this is Hatter. You know the Padres not in, but in the day of thousands and thousands of podcasts shows that basically sit there and stress out and and, and every day that have to worry about like because they really don't watch the games and they don't really have the knowledge so they got to stress out and content what they're going to cover their podcast what they're going to get them to after that those type of shows out of all that stuff we got that's enough in the cycle of everybody's got a podcast and people got a platform that right there is a blazing sports story that you especially for the people that basically pocket watch athletes and then this time where we've got people disparity wages been stagnant for 30 years eight percent interest rates on houses all this stuff that irritates the average working day person that is a particular story that basically if it got the proper attention it should rub those people off no different when you have somebody like a Jonathan Taylor that's sitting home and getting ridiculed because he doesn't want to go basically break his leg like Chubb for $2 million. I look at Colts fans constantly. I get the updates from AC all the time. The way they just enthroned Jonathan Taylor, oh, because he's sitting there. In that age we get, when guys get ridiculed that want to basically hold out and this and this or whatever, they get killed. So this is a guy for $14 million refused to go back into the ball game. 
for four outs. Not asking you to come off a short rest. First of all, you ain't a starter. But it ain't like you come into a starter and say, hey, man, I need you to come off short rest. Can you come? I know you use five-day. We need you three-day. I don't know, man. My arm, whatever. Four outs. I would have been remiss and I would have had to take a shower if I went all week and didn't spend at least a few minutes bringing this up on my platform. And it kind of pains me because I was, you know, I am a semi fan of Josh Hader. You know, I think it was that clip that, you know, that he did in Milwaukee that really, you know, pretty much got respect for me. Sticking with the baseball thing, Tito. Oh, Francona managed his last game home game last night. Let's be specific. They got a couple other games, but he managed his last home game last night in Cleveland um, with the Guardians. Uh, really got a good send uh, send off. You know, I've been a big Francona fan. Um, I was telling Jonas a few segments ago off air. So I don't know how because that's really where he really just kind of like. You know, cemented it with me, planted it with me. Does hey, I like this manager. Um, but that time with Boston, I mean, he did. He is the manager that was the head of breaking the curse. He had that whole chicken and beer scandal that went on in the clubhouse. Was able to go ahead and overcome that, win a title. Um, you know, and then you go to Cleveland, and you know, keeping them competitive. And you know, listen to his post game a little bit yesterday. You know, just saying like, hey, I'm going. You really because some guys look at it like it's a job. I spent some time there. I've managed at this ball club before. This and this, and you don't really get attached. But when you look at when you listen to Tito speak yesterday in his press conference, like you say, he goes, I'm gonna continue to root for these guys. I really mean it. Like you, you saw it in him that he's really gonna be. Said, I don't care if I'm a wheelchair. You know, we know I've known he's battled for, with health problems over the years, but that's a guy that you know that he bleeds even though he's got two rings with balls he bleeds uh that cleveland guardians uh organization so um props to him you know jonas asked me you know during the break um if i thought he was a hall of famer and I, you know sometimes i feel except the obvious ones i'm not really qualified to really give you a hundred percent on who's hall of fame and not except the obvious ones i had i've always had those discussions when i need to know like is this guy I always reach out to someone hey what do you think about this guy and i'll go by what he says because he's uh you know baseball walking you know psychopedia and for my new audience don't know who salami is a keeper reference to him it's one of my former co-hosts used to be on the show baseball encyclopedia but if you, if I think about it, if you had to ask me, yeah, yes. I mean, you break a hundred year curse, and you at the man, you going, to, you you deserve to be the Hall of Fame, and even your records with the uh, Cleveland Guardians. Um, yes, I do believe that. I, I don't know what the criteria, how they looked at with manager managers and stuff, but I do personally think he's had a Hall of Fame career. So. Um, Congrats to him. Good luck in his next venture. I wouldn't be surprised if you I wouldn't be surprised if you see him if his health's good, if you see him on TV as an analyst. I think he's done it before. I, I just feel like if he's in good health, you know, you know, that TV gig, not just in baseball. But the TV and radio gig has really given guys, former players, former managers, coaches, a really good outlet and pathway to still be involved in the game. At some capacity, um, if you if you want to be honest with you, I think you know, yeah, you can talk about three hundred alleged million reasons, but to be honest with you, I think that's the main reason why Tom Brady even signed up with Fox. 
I mean, he can go travel, do whatever, raise his kids, continue to teach his kid how to play basketball. Tom got a good jump shot on the cool. Did you see that video that went viral? Like, a, I mean, he was in the gym with his son shooting the basketball. I mean, his, I mean, he just, some guys are just athletes. And when you looked at that guy running that 40 at that combine out of Michigan, you would have never thought his ass to be an athlete. But Tom had a nice little jump shot. But he could do anything. Teach his kid, continue to teach his kid basketball, get people to come in and teach his kid basketball. Hey, Mike. Hey, man. Jordan, yeah, hey, this Tom. Can fight your kid? Can you come down and fight? Yeah, sure, Tom. Things like that. He could do all that, but he chose to go ahead and sign up for Fox. Why? Because I think it gives him a reason to be close still to the game. So that's kind of how I see that. Uh, but props to Tito. Um, he's a Hall of Famer in my book. You know, um, crazy thing. Speaking of the last dance, I had no idea he was the manager who managed Michael Jordan in that when Michael went to go to that, uh, you know, Chicago White Sox farm team. Tito was his manager. That's crazy. You know, that's crazy. Uh, but yeah, props to him. They sent him off in a good good way last night at home. So baseball, we'll know uh, by the time we come in here next week on who the postseason matchups are and what it's looking like. Like I said, Astros not all the way in yet. I think they'll find their way in, but they're, they've let that lead kind of dwindle. Uh, so you definitely have some important matchups uh, going on. 877-37-GRIND. All right, let's go back to the National Football League. I want to kind of give you a preview, uh, definitely some of the games and the matchups that we'll be talking about uh, pretty much tomorrow uh, when it comes to our Football Friday of our college and, and NFL preview. Um, I kind of touched already the obvious of the – Dallas Cowboys um, pretty much taking on um, the New England Patriots who are coming to town. Um, the next one is which look, it's the it's the feces bowl and it's Chicago hosting Denver. Um, people are going to people are gonna tune into this game. For the same reason why people rubberneck on five-hour uh, traffic if there's two cars pulled to the side and you see ambulance and cops. For one, you want to tune in to see what's the aftermath left of a, de a team that was roadkill in Florida. Speaking of Denver, they gave up 70. The, the human nature of us, especially football fans, are going to have their eye on that game to just see like, man, you know, we got to see. That's number one. Um, Sean Payton met the media. Russ did too. But Sean Payton met the media yesterday. And, of course, you know, the local media in Denver, they're going to want to know, you know, what's the mood of the team? Uh, how was this week? How did it feel? You know, he was a little bit more relaxed and subdued than, you know, fire the question. Next question. What's your question? He was a little bit more receptive. Now, some people can say, oh, well, he's been humbled. I don't know. I don't know if Sean Payton ever be, gets humbled, a guy like that, to be honest with you. A different attitude, a different thing. Like, okay, man, I've got, we got some work to do here. Yeah, of course. Um, the one thing that he talked about was, because he was asked about Chicago. He's a Chicago native. He's from Chicago. And it's funny to me because I've heard some of the media down there, and I get it. I've heard some complaints from people of like, they're, they're enough with – and some of the fans. Like, when you go 0-3 and, and you get 70 put on you, there's a fan – there's part of that fan that get tired of hearing about New Orleans Saints stories. 
oh, you know, we went to Saints in those years. People are getting, I've heard it. I keep, my ear is close to all this. They get tired of hearing some of that. Now, me, a guy that just loves history and football, loves John, I mean, I get it how it's wearing thin when you're 0-3 and you gave up 70 points, but he's getting a little pushback for those times because he's a guy that likes to talk. Sean likes to be interviewed. He'll talk. I mean, you got to have some good questions for him, but Sean likes to talk football. With that said, one of the reporters had asked him, has anybody reached out to him and asked him about his mentor, Bill Parcells? And then Sean goes in this tangent about this Philly horse that Bill had that raced, you know, a few you know, about, I don't know, I think early this year, the Preakness or something ended up basically going to almost the finish line. Jockey fell off, broke his leg. They had to put the horse down. And he was talking about using that because he says, honestly, when that happened, and I knew Bill was excited in this, he goes, we talk quite often, but it took me about 10 days or 14 days to feel comfortable with calling him. He goes, and I think he sees what I'm going through, you know, kind of where the things he's probably thinking, but he's probably waiting, maybe after a win. And, you know, Sean said, hey, I really want to have these press conferences and y'all ask me the fun questions. But to me, again, the interesting thing, though, is he talked very highly of Justin Fields. He worked out Justin Fields when he was at New Orleans. He also made sure to point it out that there's, he's not the only one speaking of Justin Fields and there's other quarterbacks that are struggling because it is a transition from that college to that NFL. It's a process. But he spoke very highly of Justin I think when, you know, I don't care who the quarterback's coming, when you get 70 put on you, you would like to thank the defensive coordinator, everybody on defense, everybody that's on nickel package, dime package, whatever. I don't care who it is, you coming to spit blood. Because the only way that you're getting, because honestly, that 70 piece is always going to be there to a certain extent with this particular group. But the only way that you kind of start the healing process and try to get, you got to get one. But the one thing, and I'll leave it on this note, that really stood out to me is when Sean put for sure he knows, but hey, Chicago needs a win too. And it made me feel a little bit better because I like the message. And I think this is where we find out really where this $18 million is supposed to kick in is when you're going through a crisis mode. Like you said, hey, nobody died. Nobody passed away. He goes, you know, we get a lot of calls from people that, but this is where you find out that 18 million that kicks in when you cannot, I mean, because this is more than stop the bleeding. This is stopping the gushing. It's just gushing. You, when you can stop this and you can still keep everything in hold and take one game at a time, this is also the level of where you pay 18 million for, and we'll see how it plays out. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here for the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, we'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. 
Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.